shrink. Well, welcome to another Iron Sharpens Iron during this Advent and Christmas season. And uh, I know that a lot of the audience will be happy, happy, happy that EJ is back with us. And uh, what we're going to be doing today uh, is we're going to be discussing the Advent hymn. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And EJ, uh, I sent you the song. I sent you the lyrics. You read the lyrics. And uh, what was, uh, what did you have to say about the lyrics? I need a, I need lyrics for the lyrics. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need a translator for the lyrics now. Okay. So none of it made any sense at all. No, I didn't really know what O meant either. Like when they say O come, O come, like what does that mean? What, what is the O for? Oh, oh, you know, oh, oh it. if you're they're crying, it. they're, they're crying was, out. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was O H though. Uh, uh, well, uh, it can be expressed either way. I was thinking there was typos. Like, am I misreading? Is it just come, come? Like, what is, what is this? <laughs> no, I, I, I think it, uh, I think it indicates. Uh, that the people are crying out to Jesus or crying out to the Messiah, crying out to God. Uh, there is a lot of theology packed into this, into this hymn. Well, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not well, uh, what's the word? I'm not well versed in this. So teach me. That's why you're here. Uh, amen. <laughs> so, amen. uh, just to give uh, give folks uh, a little history on the hymn, and uh, this writer says this: If anyone had a side hustle or a gig, it was the Anglican priest and hymn writer John Mason Neal. Neal, who lived from eighteen eighteen to eighteen sixty six, not only founded a nursing order of Anglican nuns help social welfare organizations care for orphans and young women, and was a warden of Sackville College, but he translated early and medieval Greek and Latin hymns in his spare time, focusing on the ancient ones that were written around the feasts and the fasts of the Christian year. He is most notably known for bringing us that beloved carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. While the hymn, as we find it today, was first published in the mid-19th century, its origins are actually found in a Benedictine Gregorian chant from as late as the 8th and 9th century. What? History yes. Sorry, that's crazy. Uh, history tells us that beginning... The week before Christmas, the monks would sing a verse a day to prepare their hearts and minds for Christmas. And uh, what's fascinating about the original seven verses, that each begins with a messianic title from the scriptures that prophesied and foreshadowed Jesus's coming. So, EJ, do you know the word messianic? Uh, is that, is that like the Freemasons? <laughs> what is, what is that? Is that the what? 
I said, is it oh, the Freemasons? What are we, what are we well, talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, well, they, they take their name. The they take their name oh, from the Messiah. Yes. The, the pyramid with the eyeball Masonic and stuff. Temple and Messiah. Uh, I, I think they do. Let, let's forget the Freemasons for a little bit. Um, messianic refers to the messiah okay and jesus is the messiah and it's important to point out that the long expected messiah uh from the people in israel a lot of people expected jesus or the messiah to be a military leader that the messiah was going to expel uh those that kept them in captivity uh, through mi- military means that not only uh, would he be uh, a successful uh, military figure but he would uh, be blessed by God to do that mm. and uh, when Jesus came and claimed to be Messiah and uh, was not expelling Rome militaristically uh People took exception to that, and Jesus uh, was the Messiah that was going to free us from sin and death. And uh, so, this is that's what messianic refers to the Messiah. And at the beginnings of the verses, and uh, I believe that uh, these names are expressed in Latin. And then we'll get to the English translation as we go along. Uh, these these are expressed in Latin, and I'm going to read each one. So at the beginning of each verse, the Messiah, it, which we say is Jesus, uh, goes by different names. And in Latin, the first one is O Sepentia, and that is wisdom. So uh, the next one is O Adonai, so that's God. O Radix Jesse, that's the stem or root of Jesse. O Clavis David, or key of David. O Oriens, uh, that's day spring. O Rex Genitium, king of the Gentiles. And O Emmanuel, God with us. So when we talk about Emmanuel, that means God is with us. And when we think about what Jesus did, uh, Jesus was uh, preexistent with the Father. Uh, He's referred to as the Word or the Logos. And nothing uh, that exists was not made through him, was not made through the Word. Because God spoke the heavens and the earth into existence. Amen. Amen. And um, so when we say God with us, that Jesus came down and walked on the earth, just like human beings walk on the earth, and he was with us. He was among us. God with us. And that we believe that Jesus is still in heaven, sitting at the Father's right hand, continually advocating our case, that Jesus is truly Savior. Amen. Amen. He's got a he's got a lot of a lot of work ahead of him. 
<laughs> I don't know if I don't know if he graduated from lawyer school, but I hope so. It, right, right. <laughs> so um let's get into the song. And uh, I'm gonna play uh, this one verse at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an over seven minute song, by the way. That's why we're doing it one verse at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Because when you sent it to me, I started listening. I'm like, I don't got time for this. I just got to read. I need to read the lyrics. I'm already late. <laughs> Okay, and I'd like to point out that uh, this is uh, posted by St. Augustine by the Sea. Uh, I believe that's the name of the church. And uh, this was done uh, December 22nd, 2020. So as we looked at this as a virtual choir, they were doing this during COVID, as many churches did. And uh, it was this all over like Zoom. They did a good job linking, yeah, you know, kind of synchronizing. They had, the, they had the right equipment, and um, the description has all the lyrics in it, and it says at the beginning that uh, for the fourth Sunday and last week of Advent, uh, at the time that they posted this, all eight verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, sung by the St. Augustine by the Sea community and conducted by musical director John Kevin Hilbert. So just give credit where credit is due. Yeah, it definitely blew me away seeing everybody singing in harmony over a Zoom call. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, quite a thing that, that it's impressive. Yes. Yeah. So, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appears and i'm looking at a block uh, i'm sorry i'm looking at a blog uh, entitled so says me learning to say yes while life is a mess and uh, uh mama rachel is writing about o come o come emmanuel uh so that first verse emmanuel is a reference to the book of isaiah do you remember when we went over the Bible, EJ, mm-hmm. uh, that there were major prophets and minor prophets. Uh, well, Isaiah is uh, one of the major prophets. 
and uh, did a lot of uh, prophesying about the coming of the Messiah uh, that lines uh, up with uh, the figure of Jesus Christ. So Emmanuel is a reference to Isaiah uh, 7 and 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. And as Matthew records in his gospel, 1 and 23, this name means God with us. So, O come, O come, Emmanuel. So when when we look at this song, and EJ, one of the main thrusts of Christianity, uh, the message of uh, the New Testament and, and, and intertwined with the Old Testament is that we have a Savior and we are all going to be, we are saved through this, this Savior, through this Messiah. So when, and if we look at this song, uh, one of the people that uh, I listened to in preparation, if we listen to this song, as it being sung by the people of the first century after Jesus was crucified, that people fully expected that Jesus was coming back like very shortly after he was he'll crucified. Be back next Tuesday. What's that? They were thinking yeah, he'll be back next Tuesday. Yeah, he'll be back next Tuesday. I better <laughs> now, let me get my let me get my house in order. He'll be back. Yeah. So um so people were expecting him to come back. So if we if we put ourselves in in the shoes of first century people, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel, you know these people were, uh, you know, living under Roman occupation. They weren't even citizens of the place that they lived. I'm sure that some of them uh, had uh, uh, didn't have a lot a lot of wealth, didn't have a lot of means, didn't have a lot of resources. So they were pretty much like POWs then. Uh, well, yeah, that's that's a that's a good comparison. Yep, that would be you know say uh, China moved in and took over the United States, and we didn't have the rights of citizens. Uh, we I think we would feel a certain kind of way. And then if if the Chinese looked at uh, our religion and our faith as a joke. Um, and looked at us as uh, a bother, as the the Romans looked at uh, the Jewish people as uh, a real pain in the neck. Um, you know, you could you could see the tension under which people were living, and so I, I think it becomes easier when you know the social conditions of the people at the time. Uh, why they would be calling for a Messiah. And so, O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, God with us. And ransom captive Israel. So when 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 we talk about ransom, uh, that uh, there is scripture that indicate that Jesus was offered as a ransom to us to save us for our, from our sins that he was the final sacrifice that released us from our sins. And so in, 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 a, in, a, in a, uh, a tangible or a real world 
kind of, of calling out to God, ransom captive Israel, you know, send us uh, that military leader that's going to get rid of the Romans. You know, he's going to be our ransom. He's going to be the one that frees us from captivity. Mm. And that, uh, and then, then the next uh, stanza says uh, that mourns in lowly exile here until the son of God appear. So people are mourning and, and, and what they're, 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 they're thinking of as an exile within their own country, so to speak. Um, and uh, the way that this, the, the way that this song does intertwine uh, the first coming of Jesus with the second coming of Jesus that line even by itself has remnant it, it brings up the memory of when G, when the israelites were in exile you know god allowed them to be brought into captivity and that god himself brought them back out of captivity allowed them to be released from captivity so salvation is expressed in many different ways that, uh, Not only do you know the lyrics, but you understand all the history behind all this stuff too. Yeah, it's is it making impressive. sense to you? Uh, yeah, no, you're you're. I'm learning now. I understand oh. now. Okay, all right, good. Um, because sometimes you know I'll say things and assume that you know there's other things underneath that you should know and if, if something's not clear well, that's, just that's let I me know that you know the history because you're yeah. you already you already uh, addressed all that you're already breaking down why these people are even even singing about this kind of thing you know i had no idea what was going on back then you know uh -huh. i didn't i don't do research into history that much right right so i'm i'm glad that someone can break it down to me yeah well and you know all those bible studies and uh, all that money for seminary, I, I should know something, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, pastor. <laughs> I'm still paying for that seminary education. <laughs> I think you got your money's worth. You know, all right, all right, okay. Um, and, and and that there is a reference here, um, that about the ransom captive Israel is is. Uh, a reference to Isaiah 35 and 10 and Jeremiah 31, 11. And in these passages, the prophets speak of Israel in their bondage and the redemption the Lord performs on behalf of Israel to restore them to Zion, to restore them to Jerusalem. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's the reference I made for when they were br brought into captivity before. And um, the one thing that I, the one thing I want to point out is that uh, that word redemption, that we are redeemed by God. And, uh, you know, one of one of the uh, best uh, Ill, uh, examples for that are, are returnable bottles. When um, when you buy uh, a, a soda that's got a deposit on the bottle and you bring it back to the store, you're redeeming that money that you had put down on the bottle. Mm. You're bringing, you're bringing that, that money back to you. And so when, when we talk about God's redemption, that whatever case scenario that we're referring to, say in um, uh, 
say when Jesus came for our redemption, that we've been we've been separated from God since the fall of Adam and Eve, and that Jesus is that one that is coming and redeeming us and bringing God's people back to God. So that's how we're redeemed. That 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 God redeemed the Israelites when they took them took them out of captivity and brought them back to Jerusalem. Okay. Amen. Amen. Those poor Jewish people, man, they're still getting getting, getting played to this day. Is there a reason for that? Why they've been persecuted throughout all of existence, bro? What is up with that? Um that's a that's a topic for another show. Gotcha. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so uh let's listen to verse number two. The only words I understand is rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, come thou wisdom from on high who orderest all things mightily to us the path of knowledge so and teach us in her ways to go. I, I This is one of my favorite verses uh, because in the Bible... Uh, and, and in um, in the, the writings of the Apocrypha, which are some writings that you would find in usually a Catholic Bible between the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, is the Book of Wisdom. And wisdom is depicted in the Bible and in the Apocrypha as a woman. And uh, there are scripture that talks about cherishing this woman. I, I like that imagery. Mm. Um, and so, O come thou wisdom from on high. And when we look at Jesus Christ, and, and like we said before, that Jesus was preexistent with the Father, and that nothing was made without him because it was spoken into existence, and Jesus is the word. Jesus is the Logos of God, the Word of God. The manifestation, if the you will. Manifestation. So Jesus also represents wisdom, so to speak, because Jesus is Word. And so, you know, we've got this image of Jesus, and we have, uh, and we have wisdom as woman. And I could go on with that, and I preached about that recently, about that the church is depicted as a woman, is depicted as the bride of Jesus Christ. 
So don't we doesn't, you know, we're supposed to be a church, a gathering of people that believe in Christ uh, without blemish when he returns. And so wouldn't we, would we not want to be wisdom partnering and marrying wisdom? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So we're looking at, we're looking at, uh, Jesus as wisdom. And let's, let's read what the, the person who did this blog said, uh, a number of passages of God as the source of all wisdom. There are too many to list here, but just uh, search BibleGateway.com for the word wisdom. Scripture does not teach that it is by wisdom that God made the earth and established its order. Did I say does not? Yeah. Okay, no. Scripture does teach that it is by wisdom that God made the earth and established its order, expressed in Jeremiah 51 and 15 and Psalm 104 and 24. The path of knowledge, in quotation marks, is possibly a reference to Isaiah 40 and 14, who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge. This passage is asking a series of rhetorical questions that show the supremacy of God, for no one exercises authority over him or teaches him anything, because God is all-knowing. So we're calling for the wisdom from on high represented in the Messiah, represented in the Savior, who orderest all things mightily. If we th talk about creation and it being spoken into existence, that God spoke things into a certain order. And to us, the path of knowledge show. We're asking the Savior to show us that path of knowledge, to show us the way of God, and teach us in her ways. And, and there's a reference to her as wisdom as her. And to teach us in her ways to go. Okay? This is a people crying out to God for salvation. And we're saying, oh, come wisdom, who ordered our whole planet mightily, in a mighty way. Things were ordered mightily. And, and to us, show us the path of knowledge and teach us the ways of wisdom to, to go forward. Amen? Amen. Amen. So then the next, uh, we have, O come thou rod of Jesse. Oh, let's listen to the verse.
okay. Well, that's embarrassing. Uh, when I when I all, all the sources I've been looking through has had all the verses, and uh, I scanned this one, and uh, I don't know if she skipped that verse or it, what. It sounded like this is the one you you played before. No, this was uh, Day Spring. I think she skips this verse. Well, not everyone okay. can be wisdom. Okay, so that, that this is uh, one of those ways that uh, this is one of the ways that God keeps me humble. And uh, so I'm going to read the lyrics again of the verse that was just sung. It is, O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times did give the law in cloud, in majesty, and awe. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So here is another uh, name for the Messiah, Lord of Might. Was there hope that, that Jesus would just destroy their enemies? No. Okay. Because that's, that's, not, that's, not that's not how he rolls. I don't know if they know that, but that's not what he does. So I don't think it, I don't believe that it is uh, that people wanted uh, Jesus to destroy everything. Uh, I assume that they wanted uh, Jesus to destroy their enemies. Uh, but when we talk about this, when we talk about this scripture, this Lord of might, this verse is bringing us back into biblical history back into uh, the the trip through the desert the 40 year you know trip through the wilderness that uh, I think we've discussed it it's come up before that uh, I think it's would be normally an 11 day trip uh, took 40 years it may have not been 40 years uh, uh, to the well, Forty years, the, give or take. Give or take, but what? Uh, but what God was was doing was allowing those people, and in in uh, some commentary I read, uh, these miserable people that He had rescued, He had redeemed from slavery. You know, um, and, and and bringing them to the promised land that he didn't want to bring these miserable people into the promised land. He was waiting for that generation to die off for a generation who did not know bondage, did not know the bondage of slavery, <clears throat> to bring a generation into the promised land that could step up to the, the, the gift that God was giving them. And so... When we when we look at the trip through the wilderness, that a, along the way was where, was when Moses received the Ten Commandments. So when this says now, when we talk about the Lord of Might, the 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 salvation power of the Lord, as expressed in history, the Lord of Might. Uh, exacted the ten plagues upon the Egyptians because Pharaoh would not let the Lord's people go. And mm. then uh, when the people were 
uh, leaving Egypt. They're in the process of exodus. Uh, and, and, and Pharaoh started chasing that up, you know, chasing behind them that the Lord of might allowed Moses to raise his staff and part the Red Sea. Mm. And the, the Lord of might allowed the, the Hebrew people to, cr- to cross the, the Red Sea on dry land. And once they got to the other side, and while the Egyptians were still chasing them in on the bed of the Red Sea, the Lord of Might stopped holding back the water and killed all the Egyptians chasing uh, his people. And then the Lord of Might guided them through the wilderness. And when they set up camp each night, he came down and a pillar of fire to be with them into the, the tabernacle. And the Lord of might called Moses up to the mountain and gave him the law, gave him the way that God wanted uh, the Israelites to live. So, O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height, and it's on Mount Sinai that the that the law was given. In ancient mm. time, didst and dit d i d s t is uh, um, oh, we could say is did you? In mm. ancient times, did you give the law? Uh, in cloud, in majesty, and on. If you read the account of Moses receiving the law, that there it was you know, a great cloud. And I think there was, if I remember correctly, lightning, and it was quite a, a, quite a show, so to speak, that God was showing out. And then rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel uh, shall come to thee, O Israel. So the way I, I received this verse is that God has shown us his might in the past and through the savior emmanuel will show his might again and he's given us those means in which we need to live uh in a godly way in the meantime so now we have oh come thou branch of jesse's tree and free them from satan's tyranny so let us listen to Let's listen to that. So, O come, thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory or 
the grave. Damn, that's deep. And uh, there, there, there is a, a little bit of a difference between what was sung and uh, what I want the the version I want to discuss, and that is uh, that is and trust thy mighty power to save. Uh, and then in this other version, version um, from the depths of hell, thy people save. And uh, uh, one of the people I listened to pointed out that it, with these ancient songs. And, and as they're translated by different people and by different denominations for different hymnals, there are going to be variations. Uh, but I want to point out uh, this, uh, this perspective uh, that includes uh, from the depths of hell thy people save. So, O come, thou rod of Jesse. Um, so what this is referring to is that Jesse... Uh, was the father of David, King David. And we've done some studying on, uh, you know, the rise of David, which we will return My to. My man David. Your man David. So <laughs> David is looked at as an example of a messianic king, that he was very, very successful militarily. Uh, and, you know, and he saved Israel from you know, some, some pretty big scrapes. Uh, and he was uh, very connected with God. He died uh, with God saying that this is a man after God's own heart. So not only a military leader, but a spiritual leader also. So David uh, fits uh, two of the major character traits of a messianic king. And so the song is saying, O come, thou rod of Jesse free. And uh, this is a rod of Jesse is a reference to Isaiah 11 and 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. Rod in this King James passage is not referring to metal or wooden bars as we would normally think of a rod. Rather, it is using the first definition shown in Merriam-Webster's website, a straight and slender stick uh, growing on or cut from a tree or bush. Mm. Modern translations use the word shoot instead of rod, but they have the same meaning. So we can take this to understand that Jesus comes out of the line of David. And in the line of David was his father, Jesse. So Jesus comes out of the house of, of David. He is a descendant of David. And so I didn't even know that. that's crazy. Yeah. And there's a genealogy uh, that uh, you can look at in. I know there's one in Matthew and I think there's one in uh, Luke uh, that shows that uh, Jesus is in the line of David. And we could get more into that because there's a caveat on that line too. 
but uh, not not for this show. <laughs> and so uh, we're calling on this savior from the the line of of Jesse, and 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 they're they're calling on a God. They're calling on this Messiah to free thine own, to free your people from Satan's tyranny, from the tyranny of sin. And from the depths of hell, thy people save and give them victory over the grave. So when Jesus died on the cross, it is said that he had victory over the grave. Because on the third day, he rose again from the dead. That he beat death and he beat sin. He beat the devil when he resurrected from the dead. And so that last stanza, and give him victory over the grave, that Jesus accomplished that when he resurrected. And the one thing that I, I did not hear people say, uh, they gave other examples, uh, from the depths of hell thy people say, um, when you look into the Apostles' Creed of the Catholic Church, it mentions a line where Jesus descended into hell. What? And and freed the people from from hell. And that's recorded in uh, the letter to the Philippians. Is that is that what he did when he was dead for those two three days? Well, that's what the, they 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 say he was doing while you you know. That's crazy. So. All those, all those souls that did not have a savior were condemned to hell. He went back for them, though. And he went back for them. So he descended into hell and then ascended to the. On the third day, he rose from the dead. On the third day, he rose from the dead. So again, you know, this is depicting what Jesus did in his first coming. This is what he accomplished. So the next verse, uh, O come, thou day spring, come and cheer. Okay, once again, humbled again. <laughs> so what was sung by the uh, choir was not, Oh, come thou day spring from on high. It was, uh, what was sung was, Oh, come thou key of David, come. And open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high. And close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice. 
Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So when we, uh, so this is uh, another name for the Messiah, uh, thou key of David. And uh, to explain thou key of David, uh, we're talking about the authority of a king. That uh, the the king's authority, when we think of a key, that a key uh, gives us access to things. So, and and the the uh, the Savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, uh, can be called the Key of David. He's in the line of David. That they're calling on the Messiah to come, thou Key of David, and open wide our heavenly home. So when Jesus died on the cross, that opened up our access to heaven. That opened up. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, couldn't it go the other way, though? Because a key could open stuff, but a key could be used to lock lock the gates, too. I mean, they, we, we could be locked out, right? I mean, Yeah, like, this is has- open wide our heavenly home. I'm just saying, though, a key could be used <laughs> in both ways. I mean. It certainly can. <laughs> When, when, I'm scared. I hope it's not locked. Well, uh, it was locked because of of the fall. Mm. You know, our Savior is coming and is opening up uh, heaven, our, our heavenly home. Uh, we 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 hear people talk about you know when people die that the the God called them home. That uh, the Bible tells us that this is not our home. You know, the earth is not our home. Our home is with God, is with our creator. And that someday uh, that we will be with the Lord. And that, uh, and, and, and let us remember that um, we, we are still waiting for Jesus to come back. And that as this, as this song, uh, you know, uh, is, is, making illustrations of Jesus's first coming uh, is also reflecting the, the wants and desires of people in under captivity, under occupation in the past. Uh, and it, it, it also speaks to us now in the future as we are waiting for uh, our Messiah to come again. And that, the one thing that I did not mention is that uh, when we were talking about Israel in this song, uh, that the Bible does tell us, uh, it, and I know it, it speaks about it in Romans, about the Gentiles being grafted into the family of God. It uses language like taking a piece of a one tree and grafting it onto another tree that that we have been adopted by god that that the uh the people of israel were god's chosen people and we have been adopted through jesus's sacrifice we have been grafted onto that tree so i had a stepdad this whole time (laughs) (laughs) And, and 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 we are we we can consider ourselves in the sight of God to be part of Israel uh, through the adoption made possible by Jesus Christ. Um, that, that answered one of my questions about, you know, it's always about Israel. What about the rest of us? But yeah. hey, we're adopted, so it's okay. Yes. 
And so open wide our heavenly home, make safe the way that leads on high. So it makes safe the way that, you know, makes safe our way to get to the Father, to get to eternal life, um, and close the path of misery. And the way I hear that is close that path to hell. Mm. Um, and, 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 and also, you know, because so much of what we uh, talk about, um, especially when it comes to religion and, and politics, are, are, are binary propositions. Yes, no, black, white, um, good, bad. You know, if we if we look and we think about these words, you know, um, make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. If we if we do our best to live the way that Jesus wants us to live, that our life is going to be easier. And uh, there are some times where we find ourselves in situations uh, trying to do the right thing, trying to live as Jesus would have us live, and that we get we get criticized or we get persecuted for it, we get rejected for it, and that when we don't live the way of Christ, uh, or when we are steeped in sin, that we are living lives that are our paths to misery. Like I was really miserable when I was a drug addict. And so we can, as we can look at it for eternity, eternal salvation or eternal damnation, we can also look at it as our lives in the here and now, that Jesus is our Savior now, and that if we follow his way, that we will realize salvation right now. Mm. Amen? Amen. So let's see, what is the next verse? <laughs> <laughs> so now it is, oh, come thou day spring from on high and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Okay, so let's go to the next verse. Okay, now we hear the term dayspring. And so thou dayspring uh, is another name for the Messiah. And dayspring is a reference to Luke 1 and 78. The dayspring from on high hath visited us. This is at the end of Zechariah's Benedictus over the birth of his son, John. 
So uh, Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist. Uh, Zechariah was told that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a child. Uh, he didn't believe it because she was beyond childbearing years. And as we know that God can do what God can do. And so, so because uh, Zacharias didn't uh, uh, embrace the possibility, he uh, was made mute uh, until uh, after uh, uh, John was born. And don't quote me. I, I hope I'm remembering that right. <laughs> hey, I'm trusting you. He he can talk as a boy. So this is at the end of Zechariah's Benedictus uh, over the birth of his son, John. In the preceding verses, Zechariah says that John will go before the Lord and prepare his ways and give knowledge of salvation to the people by the forgiveness of their sins. This will be possible because of the mercy of God that has manifested itself in the day spring, which is... Uh, an older word for dawn or sunrise. And what a beautiful image uh, for the Messiah to be the sunrise. And, uh, you know, when we think of uh, um, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, uh, there are many churches that have sunrise services. And I think the reason why they have the sunrise services is because, you know, it was early in the morning that it was discovered that Jesus had risen from the dead. But if we look at it as a dual meaning <clears throat> that Jesus is rising from the dead is the sun rising. And I, I, I like that, that image imagery. Um, because Jesus, uh, because Christ is the sunrise, he depresses the clouds of night and causes the dark shadows of death to flee. And uh, there are there is scripture that tells us that uh, light penetrates the darkness and the darkness cannot stop the light from penetrating the darkness. So if you're in a dark room and you make your way to the junk drawer and uh, you pull out the flashlight and turn it on, there is no way that the darkness ever stops that beam of light from mm. penetrating the darkness. Amen. Amen. And uh, so that day spring come and cheer. So in, in the light, the light of Christ, the light of salvation. It, I mean, what it's going it, to, of course, it's going to cheer. I mean, it's, it's, people are going to celebrate that, uh, that, that salvation in here. And uh, in this version, it says, our spirits by thy advent here, our spirits by your arrival are here. And, and we're asking this light, we're asking the sunrise to disperse the gloomy clouds of night and that death, death's dark shadows be put to flight. That mm. the death has to scatter in the presence of the light of the Savior. Because the Savior has defeated death. Amen? Amen. So the next verse. O come, desire of nations bind. In one of the hearts of all mankind. Oh, come to this heart of the 
I like the hook for the song, the rejoice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the good hook. So uh, the name that we are referring to now is The Desire of Nations. And uh, The Desire of Nations uh, is, is uh, from a reference from uh, Haggai, which is one of the minor prophets. Haggai chapter 2, verse 7. And uh, which reads, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. So the way that I uh, interpret that that scripture is that all the nations are coming together to, to live under the authority of the Savior, of the Messiah. That all nations shall come, come. The treasures of all nations shall come in and fill this, fill the house with glory, says the Lord of, of hosts. That uh, we will all come together and be ruled by this Messiah. And, um, and as this goes on, in one, the hearts of all mankind, in one, the number one, the hearts of all, let's say, human kind so oh come desire of nations bind the messiah is coming bringing together all the nations in one heart of humanity and bid thou our sad divisions cease so i don't know about you ej i think that's the first thing i understood in this whole thing okay i think but in the times that we are going through right now, the times that we're going through in the United States, the times we're going through with all these wars, that stanza, I think, is the most relevant out of the song right now. Yeah, the division. Like, yeah, we got to come together, man. Yep, we're That's asking the Messiah. You know, you know, now, I mean, now the look of this, uh, of the song is second coming uh or or at least has a lot of meaning for us who is or are expecting yeah maybe second maybe that's coming. not what they were, were 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 implying or intending it to mean but you know yeah bid uh we're asking the messiah bid thou uh do this for us uh stop our sad divisions it's not just divisions it's our sad divisions it is sad. It is sad. A family, a whole, you know, there's different families don't talk to each other because one tr family likes Trump, the other doesn't like Trump. Um, and then there's nothing more sad and and heart wrenching than war. So bid Especially thou over nothing, you know. Yeah. Bid not. thou our sad division cease, and be thyself, our King of Peace. Mm -hmm. so jesus is the king of peace rejoice rejoice emmanuel shall come to thee O israel i like how in the beginning of the song they were like now we need you as like a, a god of war but now they're like you know what just bring peace that's good enough <laughs> i think they realized where they messed up they're like yeah we can't we Perhaps. can't have people yeah <laughs> So that that's the song. 
it's a good song. I mean, I mean, well, well, it's good once you understand what it's about. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, as we know, we end the show the same way every time without me praying, but the other person <laughs> praying. So lift something up it. about Advent. That is the season in which we are expecting Jesus to come back and the season of Christmas, which we celebrate the first coming of Jesus. Uh, dear Lord, we are grateful for for all, all our blessings, for, for, for us, us living good lives, uh, hopefully, you know, for, for being good human beings, for... Uh, for the struggles, I guess you give us, because they all have a part to play. Uh, and you know what? A little side prayer. Could you please help these clowns of uh, uh, friends that I have? They need some help, please. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they need some help, please. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, talk some sense in them. Talk, talk, talk about sad divisions, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you yeah. brought that up, that's what I. That's what I first thought of. I'm like, yeah. It's real All close right. to home. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, man. And uh, Merry well, Christmas. Merry well. It ain't Christmas yet, man. I mean, well, when's your next show? Is it is it after Christmas? Uh, I believe it is. Oh, well, then Merry Christmas then, even though we'll probably talk again. Yeah, we will talk. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>